Hello and welcome to the first Everyday Lions podcast. Our first podcast guest is Ben Brockman. Ben is from Devonport and is a very popular member of the Tasmanian running community. He and a few others were responsible for bringing Parkrun to Devonport. He has represented Tasmania in the Australian Marathon Championships in 2019 and is a member of the successful Meercroft running group based on the coast here in Tasmania. When Ben is not running, he's an exercise physiologist at PhysioTas and has a level two coaches courts accreditation. We cover everything from races to coaching to running trips away and what Park Run has given our community these past few years. I really enjoyed this podcast interview with Ben and I think both our love for the sport of distance running is evident when discussing some of the content that is covered. Ben is a ripper bloke and we slash Park Run are lucky to have goers like this who have such a passion for the sport. This video podcast goes for an hour so sit back, relax, and enjoy a great interview with one of the good guys. Awesome. How did you get into the running? Yeah, so I guess um, I've sort of always won, run really, like um, did a little laps as a kid. Um, so started that in seven A's or seven B's, whatever it is. So as a, as a six-year-old, my, my older sister been doing it for a bit, so I was sort of around it for a long time. So I did that through... Uh, through primary school and then, then going into, um, like I was never really that good at it. Like I ran at um, a Claremont Little Ass. I was probably one of the, the, the quickest kids in the club, but um, cool. it wasn't, wasn't that quick. Um, yep. You know, made one, one state champs in 70 metres or something like that. Awesome. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, and then in the high school, I was sort of playing, um, playing badminton at a reasonably high level. So Yeah, okay. And... Um, playing badminton so um you know running was sort of a bit of a fitness thing then as well so yeah like our little little training squad we used to go across to um Risenbrook down when I down in Hobart so I lived in Hobart okay. um, you know we used to go to Risenbrook on a Sunday morning we had like a little um like handicap race in amongst yeah, us right. so awesome. like guys go first quick you guys go last and we'd yeah we'd sort of bang around the lap the uh the dam at four and a half k's or whatever it is it's a tough little course that one too eh Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> if we have a soft day, we'd um, we'd start on the flat side, we'd run around to the bottom corner. Oh, um, cool. We'd sort of have a race there, like have a split sort of time break in the middle, and then we'd, we'd run back to the flat side again as well. So, oh, fantastic. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> <fun. laughs> Yeah, <laughs> cool, cool. Um, yeah, and then getting to um, to college, actually, what are they in year 10? I think um, a couple of mates on the side were going to run um, City Casino. Yeah, okay. And um, we never actually ended up doing it that year, but um, asked my dad, you know, okay, we're going to go and do this run. And, and he, like, I've grown up with him doing fun runs and triathlons and that, but, you know, Great. you know, while a kid. Um, so he dragged me out for a run and it's probably about the last time the old boy chopped me up, I think. He, um, yeah, right. <laughs> day, <I> <laughs> nice, nice. Um, yeah, cool. So we we ended up doing it, but then the next year, uh, the same group was trained up and did um, Point Pinnacle. Yeah, which we were, um, we were none of us anywhere near fit enough. Like a bit of carnage going up the mountain that day. Like it's brutal course. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, like ran yeah. real strong for fifteen k's and then um, pretty much crawled the last like six k's wherever it is. Um, pretty sure you're not alone on that one, mate. I, <laughs> I felt the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's like a really cold day as well, and 
So, and we weren't ready for the cold air, so it just froze all the way up. So it was um, a bit of a yeah, nightmare. Cool. Um, but a, like a good experience as well, like a, a cool thing to do. So Yeah, great. Um, and like you, really, you, yeah, and, and you talked about how you did little A's. Um, yeah. Were you burnt out by the time you got to seniors or was that just a progression to another sport and or you just got sick of it? What was the... It was just sort of another thing, like little A's was... Was sort of a bit of a laugh on a on a Saturday morning, like yeah, you know, club. I think they did training on a on a Tuesday night, and I, I just didn't get the concept of it. Like I never went, yeah. didn't do a training session the whole time. I was at lays, and um, I remember the kids going off and doing training on Thursday. I'm like, what are they doing? Like, what's this? Yeah. What's this training thing? Just the concept was was so far. I thought like you could either do it or you couldn't. And yeah, okay. Like reasonably well, and that was that was it. That's yeah, cool. That was where I was as a runner. Um, but that's what it should so, be, man. It should be fun. Oh, well, my belief is it should be fun at that age, not not sheep stations oh, or anything like that. Absolutely. And like I was playing, you know, cricket at the time, and um, you know, I played badminton since I was probably eight years old. So yeah, that, was, okay. that was something I was doing at the same time as well. And then that became um, through high school and college a little bit more of a focus as I was playing that at a at a high level. But then, yeah. like even then, like I was that that's where I was sort of introduced to training and and understood yeah. that comp a little bit more. Um, and I was probably playing four or five times a week um, at that stage. So badminton became a, um, I was never burning out with it, but that was, that was a real big focus for a long time there. So, but no, yeah, little cool. was, that was never the case. That was just, it was just a laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, cool, mate. And now we're on the subject of running. You're the, well, you and a few other people, but you're the main instigator that got Devonport Park Run happening. Um, no, I remember you sending me an email years ago about it and I didn't really know anything about it. And I, you know, and you must be so proud of what it's come today. Like, you know, you get 300 people competing weekly. Like, is that something you must be so proud of? And just how it's filtered down from group to group. Like, that's awesome, mate. Yeah, we're su super proud of what we've been able to do with, yeah. with Denport Park Run. And, and as you say, like, it, was, it was, definitely wasn't just me. Like, I spent... Um, probably two years really from when I first made contact with Parkrun HQ and said, look, I want to okay. bring Parkrun to Devonport until like it was literally probably bang on two years from when I contacted Tim Oberg and I've still got that first email that, that Tim sent to me. Yeah, wow. Um, through until when we actually launched and like I'd sort of go through these phases where I'd sort of try to get some of the guys from work involved in it and they like, you know, they were keen on it and that sort of stuff, but they didn't understand what the parkrun concept was and yeah, and you had know, yourself and um, I, I you know, was the same, mate. I, I thought, yeah. I, yeah, radio, and yeah, I, I, yeah, I reckon good on you. You're like, you, you knew how good it was and, and you went with that idea, so that's awesome. But I was spending at the time a lot of time listening to um, to Marathon Talk, the podcast with um, yeah. Tom Willing, now the global COO or CEO, or whatever he is. Yeah, great. Um, I was playing on about this parkrun thing. I, I didn't really know what it was. Um, I sort of knew that it was a really cool concept. And then uh, Launceston launched. I got down to the launch day of Launceston. Like it was, um, wasn't long since I'd moved out of Launceston. So I sort of still had a, a house down there. That I was paying rent at um, with a couple of mates. So I sort of went down there and, and did the launch. And yeah, great. Um, people hooked on this concept. Like just could really see there was a lot of value in it. So yeah. And then. Um, like from those early days, like I sort of had conversations with people, we weren't really getting anywhere, and then um, sort of come across all of a sudden like a whole bunch of people that really can't even be involved in it. And so, um, without those those ladies that sort of got me through there, like um, yeah, great. You know, 
Mark and Maria and Ange and Wendy and yeah, uh, uh, I've forgotten someone down. I'm really sorry about that. But um, you yeah. know, without those those guys getting involved, like um, Parkrun still would have come to Devonport, but it would have taken me if it was it was me that brought it like you know longer again. So yeah, um, and and for those people tuning in, like, can you can you tell them? Like I know before you get a park run started, you've got to follow these certain rules. Can you tell them what, what the rules are before it can get underway? Yep. So like I'm still, I'm still event director at, at Devonport, but I've also got this role now as um, event ambassador for the Northwest coast of Tassie as well. So, um, you know, that probably takes up more of our time with park run now is, is helping up other events um, set up park runs. Okay. So I'm really involved in that space of how, um, how a park run gets up, gets up and going. So, the like the biggest guidelines, I guess, are on um, what the course looks like, right. and then how we get approval for that course as well. So, you know, we need to have land over approval, land owner approval. So, if it's on um, public land, so say in Devonport, um, where to get box ticked by the Devonport Council. Okay. Um, you know, some park runs that are in, um, so say Hobart, they're they're at um, Risen Brook Dam, and so that's owned by Taswater. Right. So, you know, so they're really governed by how TAS Water works and they had to get, um, you know, get their approval through TAS Water. So that's one of the big um, hurdles, I guess, we've got to go through. But then in terms of the course itself, um, you know, I'm, I'm, like we're going through some changes at Devonport at the moment with the, um, yeah. the fourth car captain. And, and so everyone wants to talk about <laughs> what the course should look like. Um, yeah. And really like, they're, they're strict, because Parkrun is such a big organisation, you know, a couple of thousand events around the world, yeah, and at least it's it's one insurance policy that covers them all. So the, yeah, wow, well, okay. Yeah, so the guidelines of what a course look like has to be really strict. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. Can't cross any public roads. Yeah, okay. Um, which which is a big guideline. Um, can't run downstairs. Um, can't be beside a road that um, it's, it's not a rule, but they want it to be as right. accessible to as many people as you can. So, yep. um, they, you know, encourage it to be, you know, pram and wheelchair friendly, um, you know, walker friendly, that sort of stuff. So hills are okay, but if you can have a flat yep. course, like a flat course is great. Um, Cause that's, that's, again, it's a little bit more accessible again for a lot of people. So yeah. there's a lot of little hoops you've got to get through to pick the right course. So, you know, wow. there's a couple of events I'm working with at the moment that, um, you know, you can see these places where it'd be a really great course, but there's, yeah. you know, one of those little barriers that stops us from, from putting an event there. So it, it um, can be a little bit frustrating, but... Um, yeah, I can imagine it. As well, so. And that's the thing, like, the, I know the one you're talking about is Alveston, and quite obviously there's room for Alveston to have a park run, and there'd be a lot of people that would support it, and they've got that, that problem of, uh, you know, they can't cross a road. When you think yeah. about it, you think it'd be pretty straightforward in Alveston, but there's roads everywhere between the tracks. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah. yeah, that's really frustrating. Um, yeah. I guess, guess my next question, mate, was, um, you know, there's been this massive boom in running and, and there's more and more group training happening and, and people wanting to coach people. Uh, you do a little bit of that yourself. Can you, can you elaborate on that for me? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, work, and we might say a little bit work later on but um essentially like a work on um you know prescribing exercise programs to, to people to help with you know their goal or their condition or their, their problem whatever that may be so right you know for a long time part of that has been you know prescribing running programs you know it might be a, 
a return to sport or something like that, maybe someone does come in and say, okay, I want to run a, a marathon or a half marathon or something like that. And so you're designing a program there, but um, it's probably been a little bit more of uh, return from injury type stuff. Okay. Um, and so I've always wanted to do more of the coaching. Like it's, um, you know, you know yourself as a, as a coach, it's a cool space to be in, isn't it? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I never saw it, but the satisfaction you get, you're coaching someone and seeing them improve is just as good as a PB. And um, yeah, I, I absolutely. never saw it like that, but it's awesome. It's a, it's a different yeah. feeling. It's great. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Seeing somebody helping through across yeah. the finish line or, or run a PB or whatever, like it's it's awesome, hey. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. That's how good Yeah, yeah. Um, and like a little bit more spare time at the moment, so it's yeah. We've sort of been talking about building a bit more of a a structured running coaching program at work, and so right. it's it's giving me a little bit more time at the moment to to start to build that a little bit more again as well. So yeah. Um, and you know, build some some influence and content and that sort of stuff around it. So right. Um, it's just about helping like people feel run well like and again you know you know pretty well as well there's there's plenty of um you know garbage information out there as well um, yeah <laughs> yeah and all that sort of stuff and yeah um, yeah yeah you know, i think it's important to to be helping people get the right the right advice and the right message as well isn't it absolutely so, and, yeah, and everyone's yeah. got their own opinion on what sort of training works for them and and what doesn't but unfortunately every every athlete's different too so a lot of stuff can be trial and error one thing might yeah, work for yeah. someone and yeah yeah exactly yeah, i think you can you end up with um sometimes as a coach like saying you know and especially if you're running as well you know i've done this and this thing works for me yeah um but that may not work for the person in front of you as well and so you've got to be able to adapt like Absolutely. Your, your coaching philosophies and your techniques around that as well don't you and then yeah and definitely that, that person you're working with yeah absolutely yeah and everyone's different fitness background like you were saying like it's yeah just not the one stock standard yeah yeah exactly like you're gonna if you're coaching, coaching me, someone that's that's run a little bit on and off all my life, compared to yeah. someone who, um, you know, been working a desk job and, and sitting on the couch, um, you know, their, you know, their ability to to, to train and progress and stuff is going to be different, and they're going to respond. Yeah, to absolutely. Again, yeah, yeah. Um, which is already like it's an enjoyable component of it, isn't it? You know, to yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, you get to overcome some of those challenges and work with people with that. It's I think it's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, that's awesome, mate. And um, your day job when you're not running is an exercise physiologist. Yep. 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 Um, what made you go in that direction? So, you know, again, growing up, I, I was always involved in sport, always loved sport, always watched sport, always, always talk sport. And, Great. Um, you know, my family's been pretty sport orientated, especially my dad. So, like, I don't think he's met a um, sporting organisation that he didn't want to be on the board of yet. So, yeah, awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, he's been around, involved in that. And so, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, I looked at, um, at physio as a career, but didn't really want to leave the state to, to study. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, sort of, yeah, I sort of had a bit of a broken year 12. I was a bit crook towards the end of it. And so, and, you know, other things. I just didn't have the points to go into physio straight away. So, Sort of knew there was this exercise science degree on offer in Launceston. Right. So moved up to Lonnie and, and picked up this exercise science degree. Not like probably for the first two or three years. Of it, I didn't know what an exercise physiologist was. Like, yeah, um, you yeah. know, you're an exercise physiologist. They're not really like, what, what is it? Um, yeah. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't know it all. So, you know, the, the further I got through in degree, like I really understood high level sport and that was, and didn't really like, talk, you know, talking to people or anything like that. So I wanted to be, 
in all yeah. that multiple athletes didn't have to deal with anyone like just getting yeah. out there and testing them whatever and and that's what I wanted to do but then in my um last year of uni I did prac with with what is now physio Taz okay um, I'd done I'd done a big block of, of prac before that um one working in the lab at the uni and then with um APL Tasmania great great so did a lot of like SNC work there I really enjoyed that but then um yeah going to, to physio Taz yeah. and did a three or four month block there and it um you know all the works is working with um with older clients you know doing balls and balance and that sort of stuff and and then working with um you know diabetes and heart conditions all this sort of stuff that really right at the time didn't really excite me much um, yeah <laughs> but um you know as i sort of got towards the end of it i um the guys doing my crack with he uh, went and studied physio, so he left for, for three. No, he didn't go to study physio. He went on holiday for three months. So right, okay. His role was like a temporary thing. I sort of had a bit of a gutful of being in the uni by then. So yeah. Um, but yeah, sweet. All right, I'll take this on, and um, like loved it. And that's um, that's nine awesome. years ago now. So, wow. Um, right, okay. Great. You know, Great. like I'm still really, I'm still really interested in the elite sports side of things, but. Um, at like a, a community level and, a, and an individual level, you get the chance to change someone's health doing this sort of stuff. Like, yes, yep. You know, get an elite athlete fitted, like that's that's awesome, yeah. Um, but you get like someone that you know can't walk; they've just had a hip replacement or something like that, and then you get them moving again, and you can you know yeah. change their quality. That's a that's a really exciting thing to be involved it's in. Life changing, isn't it? That's something that most people take for granted um, until you've lost it. You don't know, and then you come into the picture and you can help that. That's awesome. Yeah, exactly. I think that that relates back to some of the parkrun stuff as well. Like, yeah, you know, you, we feel like we get a, a really good chance at an individual basis of work to to help change, um, you know, help improve people's health and that. But then, from a community perspective, you know, parkrun has far more power to um, to get people fit and healthy and active, both, you know, being well in terms of their physical health with walking, yes. and running, that, yeah. and the, the social side of things, and the volunteering that sort of stuff. So, you know, it, I guess my career at the moment, like, it's all about. Um, you know, keep people healthy, keep the community yeah, healthy, healthy and, and being able to help people, which is, um, like, I love it. It's great. Unreal. So, and just touching yeah. on what you said, um, you know, so many people have so many stories at Parkrun. Um, you only have to go around and have a bit of a conversation and find out what people's journeys are, like, from yep. heart attacks to depression to weight, you know, losing so much yep. weight. The, the stories are endless. And that's, you know, that's something that you've brought to Devonport and, you, but you must be so proud of that. Like, that's so good. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's exciting to see. Like, late, um, late last year, um, sort of what, August, September, I was a little bit injured. So I was doing Saturdays I, I had as a walk day. So I'd walk with, um, with Chris and my partner down at Parkrun. And yeah. I would spend time, you know, walking around, what, 45, 50 minutes and that sort of stuff. And so you'd, you'd end up chatting to people and you sort of heard stories about, as yeah. you say, like, you know, people that have come back from heart, heart diseases or, um, you know, they've had knee replacements and then they're out banging out a park run. You sort of, you, you don't see that so much if you're, if you're just running it sometimes. Yeah, um, it's, so it's, it's nice. a week goes by and it's like, oh yeah, rightio. But these yeah. people are transforming exactly. every week. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah position. It's, it's really cool. So, yeah. Yeah, awesome, mate. Awesome. Um, do you have any more plans to study? Um, it's like a double barrel question, this actually. So you've got um, a level two coaching course do you do you have any more plans to go higher in that so you can go up to level six i think um did you want to continue doing more of that or yeah so it's it's um 
it's something I had been looking at. Like there's, I think um, the IAAF and, or World Athletics, whatever they are, they are they're, um, I think they're making some changes to their coaching structure. I was looking at their website the other day and right. I think they're right. changing something along the lines there. But um, as Australia had a, I think it's a level three coaching course. Um, you do it over like four parts, I think it is. Right. I sort of had a, a little bit of a look at that, you know, sort of half-heartedly. That was going to be in Melbourne in, in May. So, um, yeah. like, obviously, that's, that's not going to happen at the moment. No. <laughs> I've got a feeling they're still running it in some capacity, but... Um, yeah, they've got a level of course coming up on 18th of May as well, so... Yeah, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And, yeah, anyone anyway, out thinking they want to learn a little bit more about... Even they're not going to go do some coaching. Like, they just want to learn how to, you know, like, learn about running. Like, go and yeah, do this online yeah. yeah. course. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Athletes Tasmania page, come check it out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, could, I couldn't agree more. No, awesome, yeah. mate. Um, so you, uh, you, you go ahead, mate. Go. I was just going to say, like with the the coaching type stuff. I think the if I was to go down that world athletics coaching type course and go to level three, level four, whatever it is, I think the value in that is like being able to get access to to coaching high level teams and that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. As far as I understand it, yeah, which, um, I mean, that's that's super competitive. Um, yeah. and I'm not sure if it's the sort of track that I'd like to that I'd really be looking at pursuing anyway, but right. um, doing PD all the time through work. So I've done heaps of, um, you know, short courses on, on rain injuries and rain retraining and yeah, great. retraining and all that sort of things. So, yeah. um, so you're kind so of definitely keeping up to date with the latest and... and yep. Yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Oh, Absolutely. Cool. We're getting access to that stuff as it is. So yep. um, I think, uh, you know, to go and do another coaching course, like it's, it'd be put into a nice, neat little package and that as well. But um, sort of as it stands, you've still got the chance to, to draw on all these things. All the information's still out there. So you still get the chance to, to look at through journal articles or um, yeah, you know, there's all sorts of other things to get access to that stuff as well. So Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's great, mate. Yeah. And- and I know that uh, for the people playing at home that are tuning in, I know that you uh, train with the Meerkoff crew. Um, mm. What what effect do you think the group training impact has had on your run in general? Like, yeah, I think um, things are huge. Like from um, from that Meerkoff type perspective, like at um, you know to get to just train on a Tuesday night. Um, there's sort of like a couple of elements there. I think like. Of um, you know, previously when I've gone out to do a session, um, you know, you're, you're tired from work, or whatever. You go, okay, I'm going to do ten four hundreds or something like that. The yeah. first couple of going, yeah. oh, maybe I'll do eight. You get no. through four and you go, oh, no, I think I think six will be enough for tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so to have um to have the group there and you, you're doing a session, um, and so you know, even if the maybe the session sometimes if in coaching circuit, you might not describe that session to yourself. Yes. But you're actually you're in the group and you're getting it done. So, Absolutely. which I think is far more important than, than a bit of specificity. And yes. so I think the benefits there is, is actually doing it. And then because you've got like, you know, we're, it's, it's a bigger group there as well now. And there's, there's all sorts of, um, you know, there's a range of abilities and, you know, there's always someone there that's, that's pushing you along and you're getting a chance to sort of work off each other and feed off each other. So you, yes. when you're getting the session done, but then you're, you're sort of able to do it at a bit of a higher quality again as well. So, I think, that, um, I think that really helps. Yeah. Yeah. Even... I was just going to say, um, like it's it's like it's so good because you've got uh, you know you've got the really fast guys and then you've got right down the bottom. But 
they all push each other as well. So it's a, yep. you know, like it's a great, it's just not, you know, the think of running, it's a, it's an individual sport, but you guys have got this group dynamo that just pushed everyone, which has been awesome yep. to watch the last few years as well. Yeah. You get the, the chance to feed off each other really well. And I think that's, I think that's great. You sort of, even yeah. now, everyone's keeping in touch pretty well and keeping each other honest. Like we're still doing similar sessions, that sort of stuff. So, so that yeah, really right. helps. But I think, um, like me across being fantastic, I think just as important for, for my running has been things like, um, you know, the other group runs for the week as well. Like I would, I was, I've been doing a session on Tuesday for, for years. Like I've been pretty consistent about that, but I'll get to a Wednesday night, say, and, you know, I'm doing an easy jog after work. And that was, you know, that wasn't cutting that short. That was going, nah, stuff it. I'm, I'm just going home. I'm going to go sit on the couch. Yes. Um, and so having an four there on a Wednesday night, like, you know, there's a group of people you're going to go and run with. So it's, it's so much easier to go and like, just oh, get absolutely. it done. Like you, know, you get yeah. to catch up and have a chat to someone or whoever it is. And, and the running's sort of secondary. Yes. Um, yeah. Yep. That's it. And I think that's what, that's what people are missing out right now on is, um, yeah, the running's cool, but it's, uh, it's a mateship out of it too. Like I was thinking absolutely. that way, I'm just missing, just seeing people's faces. It's nice to see someone and say hello. Um, oh mate, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I um I didn't realise how how valuable for me the the banter and that sort of stuff you have on a run. Yes. Until I was running the other day listening to um to Inside Running and um I started trying to talk to the guys. Like I've responded to one of their questions. So I just I just had someone like talking rubbish in my ear and I just just responded to them as if I was was on a run with people. So I didn't realise how much of a natural thing that was that yes, yeah. that conversation, a bit of banter and that sort of stuff. So and that's um, a thing, yeah. and it flies. You know, you run seven, eight k, and it's over, and, and you're done. And you know, you got you got to feel good. You've probably offloaded a bit of stress or whatever's going on in your life. Um, exactly right. Yeah. yeah. That's my that's my next question, mate. So, how are you coping with this COVID nineteen going on? Has it affected your work or your personal life or anything like that? I um, actually feel like I'm coping with this sort of embarrassingly well, I think. I um okay. <laughs> which which means I'm in a <laughs> which means I'm in a really, really fortunate position. Like I'm, I'm under no illusions that I'm really lucky through all this to like I've still got a job. Um yes. but but work's also reduced a little bit as well. So I've gone from um I was doing four days, four four longer days. So I did my full time hours in, in four days. So I had a three day oh. weekend. Um that's now reduced to three days, which um you know is is hasn't created too much of a, a financial burn or anything like that. So it's, so it's not the end of the world. And that means I've got like a four day weekend to go run in a little bit more. So yeah, awesome. Um, super, super, super lucky there to, to still have that, to, to have that little bit more time. It's um, like crazy lucky. So, um, yeah. but you know, having said that, like, um, you know, run, really missing running with my mates, um, all my family's down in Hobart. Um, so reaching to get down there and catch up with them. Guidelines say it looks like that might be another month or so till he can um, can get get down there. But looks like it might be able to run with some some mates again soon. So okay. Um, but otherwise, like um, sort of really enjoying the chance to to slow down a little bit. Work's been busy on the, on those three days, but then the rest of the week, like it, all I got to do is is run and eat and, and drink coffee yeah, yeah. and and like that's it. So the days off are um are really good. But I mean, yeah, yeah. completely understand. I mean the in a really lucky position to be um, to be coping with that really well. So um, yeah, great, great. It's, it's been pretty good, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, oh, that's good, mate. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess with that as well. Um, sorry, mate. To 
like I'm healthy as well. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I guess that's the thing. like, you know, we're, this whole situation, we're worried about, you know, finances and, and missing friends and missing like whatever opportunities we're getting. But the, the key is that we're staying healthy. Um, and so I'm really lucky to, to have not been crook or anything like that. So hopefully that, um, that continues as well. <laughs> yeah, awesome, mate. Yeah, and I think we're not too far away. Like you said, um, no, well, it's already been announced. Um, but I suppose parkrun is the main thing that, from what I can gather, is what everyone wants to start back up again. But, um, you know, that yeah. could be August, September, who knows. But touching on yeah. this as well, what what has running given you? Running, it's given me, um, given me so much, I guess. Like, um, you know, it's hard to, hard to put down what it, what it has given me, I guess. It, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it keeps me it keeps me healthy, um, you know, both, both physically um, and mentally, I guess. Like, I've never had, you know, like a diagnosed um, mental health illness or anything like that. But yeah. I think we all at some at some level have, you know, some sort of mental health symptoms, um, whether it's, you know, stress, anxiety, whatever. And, and running's always been a, a really great release for me for that as well. You know, if I'm, if I'm you know, work's busy or I'm stressed for something else, like a run, a run fixes that. So, yes, yeah. Um, as, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's, it's hundreds of people out there in the same situation without a course. Absolutely, so, yeah. Um, but I, mean, I guess most importantly, like running's given me like friendship. Um, yes. You know, the the mates that I've made through running, uh, you know, they're lifelong lifelong friends. You know, the like um, you know a, a big group of people are sort of essentially family, I guess, for me now. Um, and that's that's running. That's running giving me that. Um, you know, people I wouldn't have met otherwise. Um, you know, get a chance to to catch up on a run or whatever is. You know, that's, that's what that's done. I think running, um, you know, it can be complicated. It can, you know, expensive watches and shoes yes. and, and whatever. <laughs> you can throw into it. But it still is like a pure, simple sport. And so anyone can roll up to a park run. They're, yeah. they're a park run or a run or whatever it is. And it doesn't matter whether they're, you know, they're, they're a cop or they're a lawyer or they're, they're an unemployed or whatever. Like, it's, it's such an equaliser, isn't it? You know, like it. I mean, as um, we're made to run, mate. I mean, yeah, if we're yep. getting chased by a saber-toothed tiger thousands of <laughs> years ago, what do you do? You run. I mean, it's something yeah. that we've done for a long time. So it's it's a very natural thing. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, you know, it's if you can run across a road to get away from a car or whatever, like you're a runner. <laughs> it's the same like, thing. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's all a spectrum again as well as you don't have to run hundreds of k's. You can. No. Yeah. You know, it's um yeah that, that, so that's what I love running about I guess isn't it so awesome yeah. mate and touching on that as well what's your most memorable race? Mm. Sorry, so You're right. I've sort of got a got a few I guess like I'm not I'm not a huge racer, um, right. but um, you know I'm all into buttloads of events, but um, you know because I love that community side of things. But in terms of racing, it's it's not that often that I'm going super hard, but I think my my best um, my best ever performance would be Bruni Island Ultra in two thousand and seventeen. So um, ran it solo, finished finished fourth, and ran uh, like five five hours twenty four or something like that with a I think yeah, it was about right. five hours five k, which um which I mean is 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 pretty all right going. But I think I I was um like my training. If I look back at my training now, it didn't reflect that I was capable of doing that. Like yeah. not, not for a second, like I was running 50, 60 Ks a week. Um, you know, I was probably running a marathon in oh, three, 3.15, 3.20, something like that. Right. Um, 
So there was, there was nothing there training wise that suggested I was going to be able to go out and, um, and run as well as it on that day. So I think in terms of pulling a, a performance out of the box, I think, um, I think that was it. Like, the next year I went back way fitter. Um, and I guess that first year I was really relaxed. Like I was just set a runner. Yeah. The next year I come back to, um, to race it, went super hard at the start and just <laughs> absolutely cooked it. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, um, how far is that for the people that don't know? Yeah, so 64 k's. So it goes um, yeah. from, from the north of the island at, um, at Dens Point down to the south at the, um, at the lighthouse. So it's, um, yeah. it's a race that's, that's set up for you to, um, to cook yourself, I guess. Like it's pretty flat in the first <laughs> sort of 30, 40 k's and it gets really healing in the back end. So if you try and race that first bit and then, um, yeah. then you come on the hills. So. <laughs> Do you want to tell the people what time you can start? You've got a, ch- you've got a choice, haven't you? So. Yeah, you can sort of start whenever you want, really. Like it, so so there's a relay component to it as well, and um, that's probably my, you know one of my other most memorable um, running days was the year before. Did as a team with um, with Bronte and Gosso and Troy, and um, yeah, it was just like one of the most enjoyable days of running we'll ever have. Running two days each and, right. and banging through it, which was um, which is awesome fun. Um, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so you can start any time. So pretty much, I think it's maybe a 4 a.m. start or something like that is the earliest. Okay. Something like that. Um, and you've got to finish between, I think it's maybe 12.30 and 2.30. I'm not right. exactly sure on the time. But, so you basically get a finishing window and you start whenever you want to finish in that window. So if you think it's going to take you four hours as a, as a really sharp team, as, as a couple of guys do, like you could start at, you know, you know what, 10 o'clock and finish at 2 o'clock. Yeah. Um, whereas those guys that maybe expect to run it in, uh, we're looking like 10 hours or something like that. They might be starting at four or six o'clock, however my mass is going. Um, so you can sort of, like it's a really variable race like that, which is, which is really yeah. cool. So you sort of stand, you've got people who come and pass all, all day, which is, um, it's got a, like an awesome community, um, community feel yeah. to it, I guess. Yeah. I've never done it, mate. It's on the list to do. Um, I'll see totally. it. Yeah. yeah. I just get that jealous like, you know, when you like it, and you go, yeah, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a cool event. Awesome. I, um, in terms of other, like, memorable races, um, the other big one I'd like to touch on, I guess, is Sydney Marathon last year. Unreal. So wow. I um, made the, the state marathon team, which, um, you know, puts me at, at fifth fastest in the state, but I'm, I was nowhere near the fifth fastest um, marathon in the state, but... Fifth fastest, put my hand up for it, which yep. I think is the, the important thing there. And so, you know, I mean, I'd encourage all those those guys that are quicker than me to put their hand up for it and um, and get the chance to run it because it was, it was such a cool experience. Um, you know, to to be involved with the elite athletes and go to that that elite briefing. Like I'd never been involved in that before, and you you're sitting there with like the other Tassie guys, and you got like Benny Saint rocking around and, and a whole yeah. bunch of Kenyans in the corner, and you know, this this is nuts. And on the start line, you you're sort of warming up in front of the TV cameras and that, and you got, you know, the little thousands there behind you. You're in this little pack of like 30, 40 people. It was, um, yeah, great. Uh, you know, way out of my depth, but it was, um, it was just such a cool experience. Um, this is the thing. I reckon more people should apply for it, mate. Um, you know, and plus, the, the funding and money's there to, to get people to go away as well, which is, which is a great thing. Do you want to tell people more about that as well? You, yeah, so they, um, Athletics Tasmania gives you a bit of a, um, well, Athletics Australia through then Athletics Tasmania gives you a bit of um, accommodation. Um, 
just got like this sort of breaks down some of those barriers with it as well. Um, you know, it sort of increases the, the access I guess people get to um, get to go and play to those sort of events. Um, yeah. I mean, like the only requirement to to qualify, I guess you got to run the time, which uh, last year was was three ten. Um, yeah. But for the men, I think it was maybe three thirty, three forty for the women. I think so. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then you just got to be like a member of the Athletics Tasmania Club, and you can and you can enter. Yeah, um, and then they pick they pick a team based off that and based off your performances. So, like I I would love to do that again, um, but I mean it's always going to be really more than five five guys in the state that quicker than me. Um, so I would yeah I'd love to do it again, but I'd love to see those guys that are quicker than me as well actually put their hands to it and actually go away and, and yeah, do it together. Yeah, but but in saying that too, mate, like if those people don't apply for it, it's great that you got that opportunity and that's what it's all about. That's, you know, that's the beauty. If it's there, take it. I reckon that's an awesome thing. And, you know, you've oh, had that awesome experience. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Unfortunately on the day, I had a bit of a, had a bit of a stink on the day. Like I'd been a bit injured in the, um, probably the only really injury that slowed me down in the last ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, came maybe, what, five, six weeks out from Sydney. So I, I sort of dropped my train right back. I was pretty worried about not making the start line. So I probably, Probably went a little bit more conservative than I needed to, just to make yeah. sure I um, do the rehab and that, just to make sure I made the start line. But then rolled up on the start line as if I hadn't missed a beat in training and um, just went yeah. out super hard, like went out at like 2.50, like two, two hours 50 pace, um, yes. thinking I was on top of the world. Felt fantastic the halfway <laughs> and then uh, just absolutely cooked up. So, <laughs> um, but I mean, that, that, was, that was super fun. Like you're running across the, the Sydney, Bri- Sydney Harbour Bridge and there's, you know, at that point, like maybe 20, 30 guys in front of me, um, you feel a million bucks running down the bridge and it's um, a pretty awesome experience. Like regretted that, you know, 35 Ks later when I'm, um, you know, running around the docks and, and just yeah. crawling. But, um, For those people playing at home, you actually finish at Sydney Opera House, which is awesome. Like, and, and I've done yeah. the half there three times and you can see the finish line from a fair few yeah. Ks out for memory. So it's really off-putting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was my first time in Sydney as well. So, oh wow! Um, you know, I'd seen the the Opera House for the first time the day before. So it was yeah, it was like just, <laughs> just cool experience to be um, watching right. that all day and, and coming around the corner. So you know, by the time that I I realised my my day was done in terms of running a a, um, a time I was going to be really happy with, it was it was just soaking like the scenery, soaking the race, and soaking yeah. in all the um, you know all the, the event stuff that goes along with it. So, which yeah. was you know really cool in the end as well to just just enjoy it. Um, Unreal. You know, I had Kristen and my mum and my dad um, like around the course. So it's good to catch up with them a little bit as we went around and um, yeah. sort of turned into a, like an uncomfortable but a, um, but a really enjoyable day as well. So That's so uh, cool. Um, yeah. You touched on Benny Saint. I know he's one of my role models. Um, can you tell me some of yours? I, uh, I actually probably hadn't considered Benny Saint as one of them, but, but I mean, he's a like, legend of Australian running, isn't he? So, yes, yeah. Um, and pretty, pretty fantastic longevity and, and pretty great spread as well. Like, um, so if we're talking about Benny Saint, like we've got, um, you know, Stewie knocking off his, um, yeah, his Australian record last year as well. I mean, if you, if you can look up to anyone in Australian athletics, like Benny and Stu and, and, um, yeah. and Brett Robinson are where it's at, isn't it? Um, and they're really good role models, mate. They're not, you know, they're not yeah. like, um, I don't want to touch on football, but football can have some some pretty bad role models. I mean, these guys are, are really, you know, showing showing by example of what an athlete should really do as well. So, 
you know, you don't see Absolutely. bad headlines about them. So yeah. So I mean, like growing up, I was a I was a huge cycling fan. Like I've yeah. I've hardly ever ridden a bike, but. I was a massive cycling fan. You know, I'd be, you know, for three weeks in July, I'd just be glued to the telly watching the Tour of France as a, as a, you know, a 10 year old. And um, so I really looked up to, um, you know, guys like, you know, Lance Armstrong, we know, we know his situation and yeah. Um, Jan Ulrich, who was second to Lance all those years. Uh, Marco Pantani, who was beating those guys yeah. as well. And like he died of a, a drug overuse, overdose. And yeah. Yeah. Like, um, you know, so so I think um, you've got to be a little bit careful sometimes picking elite athletes as a um, as an idol. Like it, um, be um, you know, let down a little bit. But, but yeah, like the current crop of um, top Australian distance runners are, are amazing. And even looking at, at Deeks and Moner and, and those sort of guys are, um, you know, Moner in particular. Like his, what I probably really admire about Moner is his like longevity in the sport. Like absolutely, um, you know, he's still banging out. You know, one amazing times, but yeah. he's still running. Um, yeah. All those years later, like that's yeah. that's fantastic. Like that's that's where I'd love to be. You know, We're running eighty to hundred k weeks as well. So like, you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's as far as you need to go. Looking at role models, isn't it? But absolutely, yeah. I guess look, looking at inspiration, like I think um, you only need to spend a little bit of time at a, at a park run finish line, as we sort of talk, talked about. Like looking at. Um, you know, local guys, like I've always looked up to, you know, guys like yourself and Harry and, and Doug and that doing amazing things at a local level. Um, and then, but then you're looking at, as we talked about as well, like the back of the pack, um, you know, guys that are getting through fire, that's a massive deal. Like that's, that's huge inspirational. Yeah, um, oh, that, that's for me, that's the biggest is, you know, yeah. um, these people have changed their life, turn it around to um, yeah. probably having really bad diets, not exercising and now, you know, yeah. running sub five minute k's for 5k i mean it's awesome isn't it like yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, the definitely. Stage of you. yeah. definitely yeah definitely yeah now say um you know elite elite athletes are maybe not the best um best role models we um kristen's a, a bit of a tennis nut so if i go on a running holiday kristen gets you on a on a tennis holiday so we're over it um Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we're over at the australian open most years probably yeah. the last five six years or something like that and so She's always up for um, a bit of a bit of um, celebrity spotting and that sort of stuff. So we go around the um, the practice course and um, oh, and I, I love watching the, the training and all that sort of things. That's that's what I do for work. That's what I'm interested in. And yeah, um, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Roger fan. She's a Rafa fan, and I um, I really admire the way that Roger goes about his work. You know, he's he's so calm, he's so smooth. He yeah, probably cops a little crap for maybe being a bit arrogant, but he just. He just does it so well. He's just, yeah. He just looks so in control of everything. And then, then you've got Rafa who, like, I, we've watched him train a few times and there is no one that works as hard as Rafa does. Like, yeah. he's in between matches, just absolutely flogging himself. Like, he's, if he loses a game, it's not because he hasn't been good enough. Like, it's because he, it's because his opponent is better than him. Um, yeah. Yep. Not, not that he hasn't done the work. Um, and so, I mean, there, from that sort of perspective, there, they're incredible role models. Like they're they're amazing to watch. I reckon so. Unreal. Um, and been top of the game for for such a long time as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the three of them have had such long jeopardy. Um, I was going to say the Brit guy, but he's only just retired, hasn't he? With injury. Um, uh, Murray's still playing. He's um. He is. He's got, yeah. Got a, a hip resurface, so he's um he's playing again. So. Yeah. Oh, good. He, good. He's been playing uh, Roland Garros and Wimbledon this this year, I think. But he's um. Right. 
Oh, nice. so. <laughs> oh, awesome, mate. And talking of overseas trips, I know that you've been over to Wimbledon, but you've also um, taken one of Hanny Alston's trail running trips. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, again, really, really fortunate to have... Um, I've done three of Hanny's trips now. So 2015, it was just a couple of weeks before we launched Devonport Park Run. Um, okay. I did a, a Tasmanian tour with Hanny, so... Um, we like we met in Launceston and we excuse me we um, we ran the first day up in the walls of Jerusalem and I'd, I'd never been in the walls before yeah um, right. and we had the next what three or four nights up at Cradle Mountain I'd, I'd been to Cradle but I'd never never done any walking never done any running through there so yeah um, I mean that all that really opened my eyes up to um, to trail running in Tasmania and, and you know all the amazing um, you know natural beaches natural like tracks and that sort of stuff we've got, you know, just up the end tips. So, yeah. um, so, you know, getting out on that, on that first tour with Hanny was amazing. And then 2016, we went to, to Chamonix up in the yeah. French Alps, um, which I mean, that, that's amazing. Like Chamonix for those that don't know is just an absolute trail running Mecca. Like, right. um, you know, the, the home of trail running in Europe, but um, it's got the, the UTMBs there every year, the, the, the race that goes around Mont Blanc and oh, there's wow. just trails everywhere. There's it's there's runners everywhere. There's walkers everywhere. It's just the most like active place going around. Yeah, um, cool. And so like we're saying, this little um, little French chalet with a, with a living French chef who's, who's cooking these amazing meals for every oh, night. Good so that. <laughs> literally like right in the morning, it um Kristen got to come on that as well as a, as a non-runner. I mean, so we'd all go for a run. We'd walk back into town and, and sit down, have coffee and cake in the afternoon, get home and look oh, up the mountain, have an amazing meal. So it was, um, I mean, that. And then and last year we went to um, uh, Italy. So we were up in, in the northern part of Italy through the Dolomites uh, on another one of Hanny's tours. Wow. I think that's been the best couple of weeks of my life just about. Like, it's, it's incredible. So, okay. Um, yeah, Italy last year, like we're running up into um, some of the high mountains in um, all sort of just over the border into Switzerland, and then up the Dolomites, which is just such a, um, like an incredible landscape, like completely into the Alps, really exposed, pretty rocky, um, yeah. which is you know, tough but but amazing running. Um, but it's it's almost just about more than the running as well. Like it's about you know getting away from all those those life stresses and lots of stuff, um, yeah. getting a chance to, to chill out, just run, eat. And um and just relax like it. Sounds awesome, mate. Yeah. And but, uh, you you're talking about mountain ranges. How how high were you were you actually up? And did you find the attitude affected your running and and your day to day? You know, I, I know the times I've been at attitude. I'm really tired after sessions. Were you finding that as well? Or so I mean, we, we weren't. It's a it's like a running holiday. It's not a, not a training camp. So the yeah, session, yeah. we weren't doing really any sessions or anything like that. So nothing at super high intensity. Yes. Um, but we, we, my answer might be a bit different if I was like training. Yeah. Um, Chamonix, I think, sits at about a thousand meters. Um, right. In the Dolomites, uh, I'm going to get this wrong. I should know it, but I think we're up at um, getting close to 2000 meters where we stayed. Okay. Well, um, yeah. so the running, uh, it didn't seem too bad. Like it's it's a pretty cruisy intensity because it's hilly, because it's because it's high and lots of stuff. So running never seemed like too much of an issue. But um, walking up the stairs in the hotel, I get two flights of stairs to get up. Yeah, okay. and I was literally like after the first landing, like trying to catch your breath. Like it was it was pretty crazy. Um, 
uh, yeah, and it was interesting. The running was okay. Um, I guess because you're, um, you know, if you're easy into it, you're elevating your heart rate, elevating your breathing rate. You're sort of getting a chance to adapt a little bit. But you go from from sitting in a cafe and then trying to run up the stairs um, in the hotel and you're just absolutely cooked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like taking a couple of minutes to try and get your breath back again. Um, yeah. So I think the highest we got up to there running wise, oh, we didn't get a heap high, maybe two and a half thousand meters. Yeah. Um, okay. In Chamonix, we went up to um, Aguida Midi, which is sort of the highest bit you can get up to on a cable car before you go to uh, Top of Mont Blanc, and that's at 3,800 metres. Oh, jeez, wow. And, um, yeah, so again there, like you're, you're sort of walking around just on the platforms, that's the stuff, and it, it, you definitely notice the difference, like just a little bit tighter with your breathing and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, yeah. you know, picked up a few more red blood cells over there to, to bring back home as souvenirs. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool, cool, mate. Um, we'll sort of change direction now. I know that you've completed in the carnivals the last few years. Um, have you found, what have you found that you've gotten out of this as a runner and also someone spectating uh, before yep. you actually did the carnivals? Can you, can you tell me? Yeah, so I mean, it, um, I've enjoyed going to the carnivals the last few years. It was something I was sort of aware of as kids. Like, we knew these things were happening up on the coast. We never came up to it. So, by the time I moved up here, it was, it was something I was really keen to, to check out and get involved in. Um, so, I sort of helped out on the committee of the Devonport Carnival for a couple of years um, as a, essentially, a, you know, working on the committee, but then spectating a bit as well. Um, and, I mean, there are events that are so, like, safety, history and tradition, aren't they? Like, they're, they're such iconic events. Um, yeah. In Tasmania, like they they may be losing a little bit of focus, but really we're, we're super lucky to have them, and the caliber of athletes we get down to them is is incredible. Absolutely. So I um sort of yeah sort of got into racing at uh, not last season, the season before. So what 2018, 19, I only did the one event. Did um did the Bernie Mile, and I was competing, but I think I was actually still still spectating. Like I was pretty <laughs> amazed um, getting to be in the race with Stuart McSwain, and I was. Uh, what I would have had a lap to go or two laps to go probably and I yeah. found myself like I was running down the um, the back straight and I was looking across the over watching Stewie going man look at Stewie <laughs> go like yeah. on earth I'm going track as him and I thought oh shit like if I don't get my skates on here he's going to lap me so <laughs> I sort of found myself mid-race just like just watching Stewie and um, yeah. had to sort of get a little bit so um, so it's been really, really cool to be involved in. So this year, um, I could have had that bit of a gap after Sydney Marathon. So I came into it and tried to do um, a little bit more specific work and ran um, a couple of 1500s on the track, which is pretty foreign to me, but was super fun. Um, yeah, I'm really and had, what, three or four, four or five carnival races, um, okay. which was awesome. Like, really, really enjoyed it. But, um, I think I got the training wrong a little bit. So I... Um, Sort of started doing a lot of a lot of really fast work, um, okay. which was great. And so I think I built a lot of efficiency there. And um, you know, so hitting hitting high speeds feels really easy through that, like in terms of actually being to run that pace. Um, yeah. But I think yeah, I'm just a lot of the, specifically trained for that distance in the in, in in like the lead up to it. Yeah, well, I think I probably trained for a 400 meters in there. Like I missed some yeah, of that yeah. um, that threshold, that lactic work. I think that was going to suit right. me well for a for a 1500. So I think or for yeah. A, yeah well basically with a handicap about a 1500. Um, but no, I was still really happy with how I ran them. Um, you know, the, the pace was getting quicker through the, through the races. Um, I right. sort of found my way with it a little bit and, and how to run it. I, um, I sort of, I, th I think you actually said to me, 
mate, you'll come out of this and you'll run a 5KB. I thought, oh, PB. Yeah. I thought, River, this is great. I'm going to go with all this amazing fitness. But yeah. <laughs> I think that, that just wasn't my response, I don't think. Like, I, um, which was really interesting. Like, I think I was maybe a little bit cooked after it as well. Like, just yeah. with that higher intensity stuff that I hadn't done before. Um, so, it was, it was really foreign to me. But I think, yeah, it's just doing a lot of, a really fast turning the legs over type stuff. So I got a little bit quicker, but um, didn't build into a lot of fitness, I don't think. Right. Um, that was my experience with it anyway. But I mean, yeah. a super fun experience. So again, like, you know, with the, the Athletics Tasmanian stuff, if anyone's on the fence about getting involved in the carnivals, I'd really encourage them to do it. Like even even if it's not Latrobe, Burnie and Devonport as the big yeah. events, like, you know, getting down to Rosebury or, um, or the Peach will CT and Burnie and, and doing the thousand metres, like it's, it's just a cool experience to be involved in. And I think it is a really positive thing for, it can be a positive thing for your running to, to change how you're doing things a little bit, um, mix up your training, keeps things really interesting as well. Like yeah. I was in a, um, in a bit of a flat spot with running there for a while after, after sitting. And so having this really quite different focus for me, um, yeah. doing something completely yeah. different was, was fantastic. Like personally to, to, to be getting enthusiastic about training, about running again. So but yeah, I'd highly encourage anyone to to give it a crack. Definitely. Yeah. And that was going to be my and that was going to be my next question, mate. Is um, I just wish people would uh, change their their outlook on it because it's it's just not for like elite people, like the top end people. You see Stuart McSween yeah. running like it's handicapped as well, and the handicapper, yeah. no, he'll, he'll be tough on you, but he'll be fair as well. And yeah. like this screaming for numbers at the moment, like you said. So, yeah. um. I just wish that we could funnel some of these parkrun runners to these events. Um, and yep. I'm sure like the Mircroft crew you train with now, um, you know, there could be 10 guys there that would, would run awesome, you know? Yep. So. Exactly. I like to, I like to think that was part of me doing it last year was, um, you know, I was, I came last, second last and, and third last, I think maybe my three races, but yeah. really enjoyed it. Put myself out there, had a lot of fun with it. And I think that's the main thing. Yeah. Like part of that's breaking down some of those barriers and showing that like you don't have to be a, a super high quality runner to go and do it. Like, no, um, no, you know, it's it's handicapped. Anyone can really, you know, go and have a crack at it. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it's it's worthwhile to go and do it. So, like, um, I think that was really my first year this this year, and it was Hayden's first year as well. And, and we yeah. had, we had a heap of fun. Like, we had Stuart there with us, sort of guiding us through the process and. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, holding our hand, taking us to go and pick up our um, vests and that sort of stuff. They had no idea what we're doing. Oh, it's um, daunting. I remember when I was 15, 16, the first year, you're like, no, you're running against adults or whatever. That's that's what I remember. But I also remember, um, I you know, I'd get to January, February, and um, I'd be pooped afterwards. But you know, I'd have so much speed and just raring yeah. to go. So um, definitely, no, that's awesome, mate. The, there's a bit of that with some of well, with a lot of athletes, I think, like. Um, I ran the, the state 10,000 metre champs a month or two ago. Right. And there's, there's eight of us in the race. Like, yeah. <laughs> there, should be, there should be 50, 100 people in the race. Like, it's yeah, absolutely it's like yeah. fun. But it's yeah, somehow this... Back. Yeah. yeah, this perception with um, athletics somehow, that athletics is this, this separate sport, this separate activity. But yeah. like park running is athletics. Trail running in the mountains is athletics. And absolutely. And, like it's all the same thing. Um, There's to be a elitism thing going on at the moment that that's stopping yep. people, you know, uh, getting out of their comfort zone. I think, and yeah, it's different. Yep. It's a bit scary, but I don't think they yep. realise the benefits they get from it either. So, 
definitely. And I think, um, you know, athletics ends up being a bit poorer for her as well. So I think it's yeah. pretty important that we, you know, try and break down some of those barriers and, and get people involved in activity, you know, everywhere. Um, the same with athletes coming through to park run and trail run and whatever else. Like it, um, it, it can all work in together, I think. So, right. Um, but it just, yeah. just doesn't yeah. at the moment. And yeah, it, no, like, that's what pulled me up a few years when it's feeling like you needed to be elite to go and do it. Um, yeah. and so I felt like I had to get, you know, fit enough to a certain point to go and do it. But I wish that wasn't the case. I wish I didn't feel that way. I wish I had been doing this, yeah. you know, years ago. Yeah, exactly. And, and the more you race, you'll find you'll, you'll get better at it. Like, um, this isn't about me, but me personally, I know it took me at least 12 carnival races to actually have an idea how to race it. And once you work it out, or what works for you, bang, you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And you'll get better and better too. Like it's um. Yeah. It's just it's just one of those events that you need to do plenty of them to um to really work out what's the best racing for you. So. Exactly. I mean, I well, we had three races in four days. Um, this summer just gone. I should have been getting. I really should get slower as you go through it, but I was getting quicker just because you're learning. That's the thing. Yeah how to pace it, how to, yeah. how to run it and, and when to kick or when not to and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, so I think it's, it's very much a learning type thing as well, isn't it? So um, really, yeah. yeah, yes, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you touched on, quite obviously, we've been talking about carnivals here. Um, what other goals would you like to achieve in running life um, as well? I mean, primarily, like, I want to be like Steve Monaghetti. I want to be running the same as I'm running now in, in 20, 30, 40, 50 years time. Like, um, <laughs> like running is just such an important part of my life that I want to be able to keep doing it. Like that's, Great. that's first and foremost. And if, and if, you know, being able to run for a long time stops you from running, you know, certain times or whatever, then, then so be it. Like, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but having said that, like, um, I'd love to, I'd love to go sub 17. I've got to get my name on the, um, on the Devonport Park Run sub 17 list. Um, Mate, it's your event. I, you definitely have to get your name on that. <laughs> ideally, um, just a little bit above Liam Williams would be, um, would be yeah. perfect. Um, <laughs> get the uh, bragging rights back in the office. That'd be good. <laughs> I was going to say, for those people who don't know, Liam actually works with uh, Ben. So, you know, there'd be a bit of banter yeah. there, I imagine, too. <laughs> got the office beside me and, um, and there's plenty yeah. of banter. So, yeah, you reckon <laughs> he's got me in the, um, in the head-to-head, but... Uh, yeah. My marathon PB is still quicker than his, so I think that that trumps yeah. any. Oh, that, that definitely trumps. Yeah, yeah exactly. Five k is nothing, mate. That's yeah. <laughs> That's a snap. Isn't it? <laughs> um, so I'd love to go sub seventeen. Um, yeah. I'd love to go sub three, which which I think I'm probably fit enough to do at the moment. Just got to yeah. um. So, so that's sub three for a marathon. Um, What's your current PB now? What's that, sorry, mate? What's your current best now for? For the Mara, what's uh, three oh four? So I'm only, I'm just there, um, but yeah. way fit at the moment. So get me yeah. the race, and I reckon I'm probably there. Great, great. Um, so I mean, I'd like to go far quicker than that as well, but yeah, sub three the boxer tick. So I'll uh, I'll do that. And awesome. Um, awesome. my other big goal, I guess, would be in terms of races. Um, well, maybe we've got a couple of things. I'd like to run a hundred k race one day. Yeah, um, that's that's definitely on the list. Um, and then, you know, Bruny Island's been a, um, an important event, um, for me. So I really love to, um, to tick off the stuff up there, um, okay. which, which would be really cool. So, I mean, they're all arbitrary distances and arbitrary times, but, um, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, but sub five, I think it'd be really cool. So um, unreal, yeah, yeah. What four, four forty, four fifty per k, something like that for for the sixty four. So that's um, That's something I'd like to be able to tick off the yeah. list as well. Definitely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Unreal, unreal. Um, so just closing out, what what are some mantras that you live by, or or little sayings, or things that get you through the day, or things that've been passed down to you? Yeah. Um, values I guess I really have been, sorry, or even some of your values as well. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I've really got a like a mantra per se that I live by. Um, but I mean, in in terms of what I do and in terms of my actions, I um you know really endeavour to be you know kind, humble, patient, um, and you know sort of bring those those sort of values into what I do work wise and life wise and okay all sort of stuff. I think um. You know, if you're ticking those sort of things off, then you know you're probably doing pretty all right. Um, you're treating people the right way, and that's it's going to keep me happy. It's going to keep them happy, and I think that's um that's a nice starting point at least. Yeah, great. Um, in terms of in terms of racing and running, um, to get me through through races, and this is something I um if we go back to carnivals for the day, there was shocker in La Trobe and felt rubbish that sat myself down and worked out what I was going to do to get myself through this next race and. I've got this thing, you know, when it gets hard, like I just don't lean into it as well. Like it goes, all right, sweet, this is hard. I'm going to, I'm going to slow down. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when you're racing, like that's not what you're there for. So, you know, you're there to work hard. You're there to test out where you're at. So, you know, yep. once, once I start to get that, that pain sort of feeling, I want to slow down, like just sort of tell myself, like, this is what you're here for. Like, yeah, you're here to, to, here to work. It's going to be soon. Just sort yep. of get done. Um, I think that that can apply to, all sorts of other things, I guess, as well. Absolutely, yeah. And um, I guess the other, the other mantra sort of thing that I sort of go by, we've had this thing we'll sort of talk about um, parkrun in terms of parkrun Australia, uh, of our internal stuff, is that, you know, going to, going to any situation, um, you know, knowing that the people are mostly good and, and that people act with the best intentions in mind. You know, yeah. the people aren't going out to, to do the wrong thing. They go in thinking they're doing the right thing, even if it might be the wrong thing. Like their intentions are, are, are pretty sound, you know. Like I know um, you've had your, your crew say that I'm well and truly on board with, with um, you know, the dogs off lead sort of situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it drives me bonkers, drives you bonkers. But at the same time, like, that, that person with the dog has the best intentions to look after their dog and, and yeah. let them exercise, let them be free, and that sort of stuff. So they're not there going, all right, I can see that Brian Lyons guy, I'm going to let my dog off and I'm going to trip him up. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, they're, they're intentions there, even if they're doing the wrong thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like to think that, that people are you know, there to do the right thing. And um, if we go into situations thinking that, then you know, it sets us up for, for a good outcome. I think you're going to agree that that was an enlightening interview with Ben Brockman. Stay tuned for my next interview.